All right, welcome back into the Plank Show right here on The Ref with Josh on Plank. This is the home of Sooner fans. Patty Gasso in 20 minutes from now. Yeah. Listen, we're not, we're not into rumors and innuendos today, people. Uh, I think my favorite... I think my favorite little rumor thing was they there was a picture on my Facebook feed. I, I jumped on the book Faces last night because I, I needed more pain after the Raiders lost. And someone, I don't know if it was Photoshopped or what, but there was a Kale Gundy picture, and on his sleeve he had, like, the USC logo. Did you see that making the rounds? And everyone was, like, freaking out about it. <laughs> no, I did not. Peeps, calm down. Um, You want Levy? You want text line? What 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 do you want, Josh Helmer? You uh, make the call. Let's hear some Lebby. They said the um they claimed the photographer that got pushed by Devontae Adams it's last like night. Like said something to him? No. They they said that he's in the hosp that he went to the hospital afterwards. Whenever you watch the video, the security guy clearly helps him up and he walks away. I think maybe he got away from it and thought, hmm, huh, it's Devontae Adams. <laughs> I just saw the contract he signed. My back! My he, arm! He really should have been thinking about that initially. Right. But now, what happened it. there? I mean, I don't, you know what? Devontae I, Adams just got upset, right? I, I wasn't even watching. My gosh. I mean, Renfro ran right freaking into him. It was just so hard to watch. I, uh, I turned the game off. I turned as soon as it was over and I saw the, the hugs and there wasn't any post-game flare-ups. I... I turned it off and I went and started listening to podcast and getting the Brent Venables show or Senior Sports Talk with Brent Venables ready. But yeah, I don't know what led to it. No, no. Just, I don't know. I know what lost led his, to it. Lost is cool. Losing. That's what led to it. Losing. Indeed, yeah. All right, well, let's let's go through some of Levy. All right? Patty Gasso is coming up in segment two. Uh, Ted Roof at the bottom of the hour. Brent Venables is meeting with the media today at 11.15. Are you headed over for that? I'm good. I'm good. There was a moment where it looked like I might, but uh, Drake Draker is all over it. So I appreciate Drake. So we can sit here and hang. All right. The backup quarterback. Let me make sure I have the right thing here. All right. So from the Levy press conference, the the backup quarterback, the development, the decision, you know, everything that kind of, I don't know, maybe what this week has been about, right? So – how do they feel overall about the development of the backups in their room? Still, at the end of the day, the expectation is is to coach better first and, and play better secondly. Um, you know, with that being said, obviously a, a very short amount of time that, that Davis has been here uh, to get him up to speed with how we want to operate and how we want to do things. Um, but again, the expectation is to play a heck of a lot better and, and coach a heck of a lot better. So I thought, I thought James asked a really good question. And it was, do you now open up the backup quarterback battle, right? Do you now find yourself in a situation where you open it up and then kind of, I think, dovetailed in there was a conversation about Kansas's defense? And go. Yeah, and again, Davis, you know, he, he wants a couple of things back. I think I could have done a better job creating a little bit of rhythm for him and, and a couple of things that maybe would have been a little bit of – put him at ease a little bit. Uh, you know, didn't open it up at all, obviously, in the second half, so played inside a box a little bit too much. Uh, 
But at the same time, you know, Davis, again, the, the reason he got the start is because what he had done from the first day he got here until, you know, until Saturday. So that doesn't go unnoticed either. Um, Kansas defensively, uh, this is a group that's playing with a ton of confidence. They've done a really good job uh, in a lot of different areas this year. They've been great against the run. And they got, you know, a group of guys that's playing with a ton of confidence and a ton of energy and a ton of passion. It jumps off the tape. Those guys have done an unbelievable job creating belief and energy and juice, and they're playing with it right now. You know, they went they went to Jason Bean and looked pretty good against TCU last week. Four touchdowns. Yeah, he was good. And we saw the issues that Jason Bean caused for OU in 2021. So, yeah, Jalen Daniels is really good. And might be, you know, he and Adrian Martinez and Spencer Sanders might be in the battle for the Big 12 QB1, if you will, quarterback of the year. But Jason Bean came off the bench, and, I mean, he was a problem. I know bringing up a backup quarterback coming in and performing well probably isn't the smartest thing I just did, but he really, really was. And so Oklahoma not all of a sudden can say, well, their starting quarterback is out, so they're going to be – you know, hamstrung like Oklahoma was last week. Now, have you seen anything today on Dylan Gabriel? Because Coach Venables gave up. He made it seem like Gabriel is ready to play, but he he chose his wording correctly in saying, hey, my expectation is that Dylan Gabriel is back on Saturday night. So these backup quarterback conversations – chill for a bit Josh but they, they they also could easily rear their ugly head right oh it just takes one hit right and Gabriel's done a pretty good job of protecting himself when he scrambles but you never know when a defender's just going to launch into you either I mean he was in a full slide whenever the horn frog took him out so you just never know I mean never know playing a contact sport but we see guys get non-contact injuries and we've seen that here at the quarterback position I know you data ways back to Jason White but I mean we've seen that happen at Oklahoma so obviously they have to uh, do a much better job of having a backup quarterback ready that being said getting Dylan Gabriel back is an incredible lift this week which they, they are going to get in they are going to get Dylan Gabriel back yeah okay I feel I feel pretty good about the narrative, right, that's out there about his recovery. This was really good. And it went back to what we talked about when we were playing some earlier levy cuts in Hour 1, Josh. The idea of somebody that's a practice – well, that struggles a bit in practice, but when it comes to being a gamer, they ball, right? It's like, well, he struggles in practice, but, man, when he gets out there in game day, let's go. Or – Dude, the constant, right? Anything's got to be better than this. Mm-hmm. So I thought I thought Jeff Lebby explained himself or at least answered the question whenever it came to, hey, in a kind way, I, maybe, maybe I should give the full question, but in a kind way, I think whoever asked it was like, you, you ever think about, hey, this is bad, so maybe give someone else an opportunity in the third and fourth quarter. Here's what uh, Lebby said about the idea of just throwing someone in there throw a guy in there and see if it's different if a guy's not had a good week at practice and not prepared the right way or whatever the case may be then then it's not right for me to be able to put him in a situation in the game and think that all of a sudden it's going to change so you want to have your conversations about 
a guy's a gamer. You know, get him in there. Who knows what he might do when he's on the field? It's not going to happen with Jeff Levy. And what about keeping somebody in the game that's had three of the worst quarters we've ever seen? Is that fair to him? Oh, probably not. Probably not. Well, they did. Josh, they won the Wildcat. Now, speaking of the Wildcat, before we grab a break and before Patty Gasso joins us, um, I think there's a really good chance that we see elements of this implemented throughout the season for Oklahoma, and you would hope so because they ran the ball incredibly well, seemed like the offensive line blocked it well. But Jeff Lubby's always looking for anything to help him out when it comes to just moving the football. Again, I, I I think it's it's hard on our guys to to be able to go play the way we want to play when in all reality, man, they they haven't been here long and uh, you know got here in the summer, had fall camp. Would we like to to do some things a little differently and, and a little better? I think that's a, a very obvious statement, but uh, did feel like the Wildcat stuff gave us a chance to create an advantage, uh, have a little more control from from a game management standpoint in the first half. Uh, and, and felt like that was what was going to, you know, create an edge for us. There you go. There you go. And initially, it was working. The, the problem was there just wasn't much beyond that, obviously. Uh, they, I've seen a lot of this over the last 24 hours, and I think it's I think it's a fair angle, question, feeling to have. Like we said, I'm ne- never going to tell you how to or not to feel. But from the 918 – and he sent this a couple of times today, so I apologize. I'd rather see a Juco transfer. Um, well, I guess maybe the better way to put it is. I'd uh, I'd rather see a Juco transfer in the game who's played a full game consistently as in Booty instead of a third-string transfer who's only seen action in one big game. So you go figure. Um, I'd take a Juco QB over a third-string transfer who moves like uh, molasses. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, I, I'm trying to think. Yeah, that's an old saying. Make sure that that's not going to get us uh, canceled. Okay, good. We're fine. Is is molasses? Isn't it a reference to just really slow moving stuff? Very slowly. Okay. It, uh, t- type in is saying move like molasses. Some molasses. Move like molasses, something that can get you canceled. Google that one in. Levy might be full of it a bit there, giving praise to a QB who is not very good at all. And third string at Pitt? Levy's trying to make excuses for his poor QB choice on Saturday. Bevel's a bench warmer for sure. Um, I'm okay with General Booty not playing. Cool name. I'm fine with it. I know this is a wild thing, but Coaches aren't going to play players that are going to put them in an even worse situation. Now, that doesn't seem right after watching Davis Bevel play quarterback. But, yeah, I I think it could have got worse with Booty in the game. The question that probably needs to get asked in, in, in – Syrup, thank you. Okay, we can't get canceled. It's syrup. Wait a minute. What kind of labels on the syrup? What kind of people have the syrup? Is it special to certain areas of the country? Yeah, was are, it owned are we by? Sure we're good. Are we? Uh, was it owned? Was the molasses company owned by somebody who has been canceled? We're very careful about these things. All right, go ahead. This would understandably set Jeff Levy up to have some people maybe say that oh he's making excuses or this or that. But I'd be curious to hear him speak on this. 
what kind of condition was this quarterback room in when you took it over? How prepared or unprepared were you just from a let's-go-through-the-season standpoint in the quarterback room given the transfers that have happened to this program before you arrived? And, you know, look, for me, clearly they were unprepared at the backup quarterback position. I think they're still unprepared, the fact that neither Booty or Evers were realistic options. I mean, the, the depth is not good, right? We can all agree at the quarterback position beyond Dylan Gabriel. But he does have Jeff Levy in Oklahoma has at least a little bit of something there, Plank, to where, look, even, even Lincoln Riley with Chandler Morris and some of these guys that left OU before Caleb Williams went with Riley and Spencer Rattler left – after last season, I mean, the quarterback transfer depth has just been it's been tattered at Oklahoma, right? And so how dire of straits were they in coming into this year? And how quickly can they get that fixed? I mean, the guy that was technically the backup last year, well, third stringer last year, hasn't even like been talked about. That's Ralph Rucker, who's still on the roster. Okay, uh, we'll get to more of your text. Listen, appreciate it. We can't. We can fight over your feelings over a gamer or someone who prepares well in practice. We can fight over that all we want, but that's how the coaching staff feels about it. Speaking of gamers, Sooner softball coach Patty Gasso is coming up next. It's Plank Show Hour Two, brought to you by Allison Insurance. AllisonInsurance.com. This is the home of Sooner fans. All right, all right, all right. Welcome to the Plank Show. The captains. Just named for Saturday's game against the Kansas Jayhawks, Eric Gray, Drake Stoops, Ethan Downs, Woody Washington, and Casey Kelleher. I think, I know Gray, Stoops, Ethan, and Woody are are all two-time captains. I'm pretty sure that that's the first time for Casey Kelleher. So, uh, congratulations to my guy Casey. He's a uh, he's a grinder and best deep snapper in the game. In the meantime, baseball's playoffs get underway tonight. So let's preview the big matchup between the Dodgers and the Padres. Joining us right now is our Dodger insider, Patty Gasso. Coach, how you doing? Good, Plank. How you doing? It's game day. So, uh, do you allow yourself? Are you are you all in on on the playoffs now, or is it because of fall ball? Uh, it's kind of tough to get your attention away from just getting this team ready right now. I'm all in with baseball. Always <laughs> will be. Comes the playoffs, and if the Dodgers are in it, I'm in it. I'm excited for tonight. Appreciate the shirt. I'm wearing it tonight in honor of. Uh, in honor of a little Dodger playoff action, let's go. And anytime you play the Padres, it's always fun. So, uh, 8.37 tonight, Fox Sports 1, Padres-Dodgers. But, Coach Gasso, obviously, uh, everyone in the Sooner Nation wants to hear about the excitement that's generated. I know we can't talk about individual recruits, but, you know, you see these youngsters that are out there in the, the battle series, the Jocelyn Ericsons of the world, uh, playing well. And now you think about – where this program is trending with Love's Field. Can you just take us through the excitement and the energy right now in this program on the recruiting trail? Yeah, I mean, what I'm feeling right now. Uh-oh. Did we lose her? Uh-oh. Oh, no. Oh, no. 
Literally. Like, oh, there she is. We got you back. We lost you there for a second, I'm coaches. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah. I thought I was not going to go over to Bluetooth and I did. Sorry. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. I'm here. I'm here. But the, exci- uh, the excitement over recruiting. Okay. Recruiting. You want me to? Okay. Ask the question again. All right. Josh, let's Ask use the question. second take. Here we go in three, two, one. Coach, the excitement on the recruiting trail right now, Love's Field, everything just heading in a sooner direction. It's got to be exciting right now whenever you're out on the trail and, and the buzz is building and is continue to build like it is. Yeah, um, 100%. Right? We're, we're, the University of Oklahoma is supporting our cause in reaching new heights for our sport. Being on ESPN Plus in the fall and having sellouts is unheard of. It's just unheard of. But we are uh, just so appreciative of our fans who are coming out to support. So it looks fabulous on TV. Recruits are watching this, and they're paying attention to what's going on. But we've had a lot of early success with uh, recruiting. Uh, A lot of that, well, who wouldn't, I guess, want to go to the number one team in the country? (laughs) But uh, I think it's just the culture that brings parents and athletes into the fold and wanted to be part of who we are. Fall ball continues tomorrow night. Wait, today is Tuesday. What what's the goal in these? Is there a is there like a winner? Is there a is there a celebration? I mean, when you look at always be competing coach, kind of take me through the process and what led to the battle series and and how fun the scoring system has been for you guys. Yeah, well I will tell you that our players uh, the first battle series we had this past Wednesday was the most intense and competitive I've seen this team be thus far wow. this fall. So it's showing something, but having a crowd there really kind of accelerates everything, really. So they are fired up to play well in front of the crowd, but they're also trying to win every inning, which is a good way of thinking in the way of sport. And in our sport, thinking about winning every inning is Instead of the big, broad spectrum of winning the game, let's take piece by piece. Let's try to win seven times within a game. You're going to win the game. So they understand that. But we are tallying points. We just had our, uh, I guess, we used to call it a triathlon. Now I'm calling it a fun run. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) It is, but our team competed like crazy on Friday. Then they head down to Dallas afterwards, but they were fighting to place themselves at the top of our, we call it a kind of a mini triathlon, but it has a different kind of event. Mm -hmm. And that's how they gain points as well. At the end of the semester, from the battle series, from the triathlon, uh, from a few things that they're doing in practice, we're going to have a grand prize winner is going to get rewarded first second and third will be rewarded so anytime you're playing for pride but you're playing for something material oh they all go to another level as well so they like stuff that's they like awesome to get stuff. patty Gasso is our guest All right, a couple more uh battle series tickets available SoonerSports.com slash tickets for tomorrow night it's going to be fun but you and i haven't had a chance to talk since the groundbreaking uh it was awesome and now i mean do, do you start Driving by, well, you drive by it, I think, almost every day anyway, and it's like, okay, what? why hasn't this been done yet? I mean, it, that excitement level's got to be through the roof, and to see dirt starting to move, what was that moment like for you a couple weeks ago? Uh, it was 
probably one of the most special and memorable moments that I've had at OU, just because this has been such a long time coming and so needed. And looking to my right at the administrator to the left, I've got Jenny's love and all, a many, um, just a large amount of big donors coming to the table for us as well. Um, just really sticking the shovel in the ground was the closest I've ever been to really feeling like this is really going to happen. So what I've been told is that the, uh, the machines are going to be out by the end of the year, start moving some ground, and that we're playing in it the spring of 2022, or 20, no, sorry, 2024. <laughs> and uh, I was able to sit in some meetings, like we're hiring interior designers now. Nice. And, people that are going to be working on the walls and all, you know, just really the showcasing of the interior is a big deal as well. So uh, those things, those meetings are moving. Uh, I'm really excited. This is going to be such an unbelievable project and an outcome for not just Sarah softball, but for the country in the way of softball. So, what I'm loving playing is that we're just leading the way, and it feels good to be a leader in that way, where we everybody is is watching us, other other programs, probably taping our games. I don't care. You still got to find a way to get us out. So you can grab it, look at it, all you want, but we're still dealing with some elite hitters and elite pitchers. So I don't care if they watch. What I care about is they say, hey, how do we do that? Let us get on TV. Um, that's what we want. That's that everything we do is try to catapult the sport even higher. Two more, and I'll let you go. Uh, specifically on fall ball and the battle series, I just I love the competition. You 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 said it, coach. How it just seemed fiery. It seemed another level. You're you're looking at versatility, right? A lot of players doing a lot of different things, but I mean, there's literally battles just about everywhere. For playing time, it's it, it's amazing. How fun have those practices been, and how focused have you seen these players be on not having anything handed to them? Uh, wonderful, and that's that whole iron sharpens iron. If you are afraid of competition on our team, you're going to end up watching from the bench. You got to be ready to step up and go against your competitor at your position. But I have also told, and you and I talked about this, I told every player, you got to learn how to play more than one position. Right. If you're saying all I do is this, then you're going to get stuck. So show me what else you got. And some are hard-headed, like, I ah, don't know, no, I'm going to win this position. And then eventually, like, okay, can you put me in the outfield? Let me work <laughs> a little bit in the outfield. I'm like, yeah, yeah, thank you for saying that. But um, versatility is really, really important. And in our sport, I think a good example of the Dodgers, right? Somebody knew was playing second, third, short, first, outfield. I mean, they play a little bit of everywhere, and it's really a great way to set up your lineup according to what kind of pitcher you're facing and where your strengths are against that pitcher. So uh, I like the idea that they're all working really hard to be really good at at least two positions. And um, that's going to help us tremendously. It's going to help them tremendously. Uh, and then I'll let you go on this. Uh, uh, you know, we were talking about pitching depth the other day, but in the 
in the newcomer and Alex Duraco, you know, I, I thought from the highlights I watched in the Monday game, she looked great. You know, the your hitters have been going up against her, so obviously they've learned a little bit. But I tell you what, I thought Nicole May looked really good, and Jordy Ball showing no ill effects, coach, from uh, battling back from the injury that cost her the postseason at times last year. Uh, our pitching staff's going to be as good or better than it was last year. So you bring in Alex Duraco's just had some great success at Michigan and really wants to go out with a bang. Um, she's still settling in. This is still different for her. And facing this lineup on a daily basis is different for her, but it's going to make it, it's got to make her better. Our freshman, uh, Kirsten Deal, did a great job. Um, I thought all our pitchers did a nice job. It's hard to face. I mean, you are at a disadvantage as a pitcher to face our lineup day in and day out. I mean, how many secrets can you have? So the goal is just to get our team off balance, and we've been working with our two-strike approach and the rhythm of getting that off-speed or that change-up, and uh, we're starting to get a little bit deeper in those areas, and it makes it tougher for pitchers to get us out. But it's um, if you can beat our hitters, you can beat anybody, and that's really the approach we're trying to – not get caught up with outcomes in the fall at all. It's just about learning. And how can I, if I could do that over, how could I do it better? How could I have gotten her if I would have done this? You know, and so it's just kind of, I feel like we're always in a laboratory <laughs> and we're always trying to create a new <laughs> uh, concoction that will work for this team to get better, whether it's pitchers, hitters. I mean, there's just a lot of information being shared. Uh, it's really fun to watch, especially now as we're getting a little bit deeper into it. You can you can hear the conversations happening that you hear in season. So that's cool. Um, we're really kicking it off now. We were really slow start, to be honest, but I think the battle series is better than any kind of uh, fall game we could play. To be honest, it really is, and every player plays the entire game. So you get to showcase yourself big time. Uh, by the way, someone asked a great question on the text line. They said you should keep the home plate from Marita Hines Field and place it either on Love's Field or somewhere in the facility. That's – what are – because there's so many cool things, right, that just mean so much to OU softball that are kind of ingrained in Marita Hines Field. Have you started thinking about plans for how those would be implemented in Love's Field yet, Coach, or those well down the road? No, I need some wonderful fans like you, like you have, to call in and tell me to do some smart things. I, I haven't thought that far ahead, but it really is going to be a hard thing for me to walk away from Marita High. Yeah. So, uh, I want to take some things with me uh, as mementos for just twenty nine phenomenal. Well. 27, two overt reads. I might take some dirt from Reeves with me as well. <laughs> but just phenomenal um, life mm-hmm. as a coach of the Sooners. And uh, we'll definitely be taking some things with right. us. That's no doubt about it. But I do like the idea of home plate, taking yeah. home plate. I, that'd be pretty cool. Look at, look at our guys on the text line. Well done. Coach, have a great rest of your day. I'll see you tomorrow night for the Battle Series. And I really appreciate all the time you gave us on this Tuesday. Yeah, thanks. Keep right. coming out, everybody. We appreciate you. com slash ticket. See you, Coach. That's Patty Gasso, the GOAT. They, uh, it was kind of funny because there is certain places. I, I remember being a kid, right? It's Plankshire right here on the ref. And every, 
I didn't get to go like to my favorite team's home stadium because I was a West Coast homer for some reason. And then I went and sat in that traffic, then got out of that car and in that air. Anyway, um, so I never got to go to like a Dodgers game at Dodger Stadium, but I grew up going to watching the Cardinals and like when the Dodgers would come, I'd wear my Dodger stuff, but I'd go with my family and Bush Stadium like meant so much to me. So, dude, I can, man, I'm just thinking about it. And there's all the little, like you, you had your ways, you had your concession stands, you had your place in the bleachers, you had your meeting point, you had where they had the the speed gun. You'd go rub Stan Musial statue's foot. And listen, what St. Louis has right now is infinitely better, infinitely better than just Bush Stadium, right? They got the Ballpark Village, they've got the new Bush Stadium, um. And softball's, I got to be honest with you, man, it's going to be kind of like that for me. Hey, I know that what we're going into is the most incredible thing on the planet for softball. I know it, and I'm, I think it's awesome. Man, there's this part of me that's like, ah, you know, kind of like my I like little meeting room where we get to hang out. I like my booth that it's wide open and people can come in and, you know, it's not – not a little square. I, I like. I'm not. Don't, don't give any of the the, the builders any ideas. But I kind of like broadcasting out on the concourse when the weather is nice. I kind of like when it's not nice because fans are going through it. I can go through it too. So, listen. Am I going to complain whenever it's like five degrees out and we've got a radio booth? Probably not. I can't imagine you would, nor should or, you. Or 105 out, whichever way it is. But it's just. That's. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad. That was brought up on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. I think a lot cool of idea. Yeah, home plate. I've got others. Um, Coach, can we take the, the leaking pipe in the bathroom in the press box with us? There's a pipe that's just leaking. He leaking. We take the grass, man. Take Scotty Black's outfield turf, man. I had a, um, I had a text I wanted to get to here real quick, but we got a break. So it's ten thirty seven. <laughs> 918. I got a shout out from the goat. Bleep, yeah. Um, 918. Oh, what am I saying? 405 651 3439. Air Comfort Solutions text line. Riverwind Casino Jackpot line. If you want to jump in today, 405 329 9000. We got some Ted Roof stuff, but text next on the ref. All right. <laughs> Welcome back into the Plank Show. Hi, Josh. Vibe check real quick. How we feeling? Doesn't Patty Gasso just bring everything up in the room? Always right. Get a little of the goat in here. Life is good. Um, Brian, this is I get this a lot. It's plank. Hold on, Bill. I'll get right to you. Four zero five three two nine nine thousand. Got a couple lines open here today. Um, Brian writes. I'm just waiting on the softball team to wear the Jordan brand. Okay, I, I've been asked this a lot. Yes, it would be awesome. But I don't, I don't know, and maybe the, I don't know if the term would be the technology or the development or the, the, the commitment to making gear that would be beneficial for softball. That makes sense. Uh, you know, perf- not performance enhancing. But when you commit to the Jordan brand, you know everyone thinks, oh man. Jordan's got it all figured out. Well, there's you know there's different kind of cleats from Spikes, and there's different things of that nature. Be a pretty good business decision for the Jordan brand. I, I think it would be. Why would they not? And why would you not attach yourself? Which you've already got the relationship with Oklahoma, right? Why would you not attach yourself to the I, preeminent brand in 
softball. Maybe the the best way to put it is I just I I don't know. I don't know how helpful the Jordan brand is outside of of just the name when it comes to the gear and diamond sports. I mean, am, am I making sense here? This isn't necessarily an anti like saying baseball or softball or track or any other sport doesn't want the Jordan brand, right? But just it's it's kind of like they're Nike and Nike's still a brand. And, you know, there's that adjustment to getting used to, you know, what their shoes, what their gear feels like. I just I don't know that I don't know if necessarily it is as conducive to diamond sports as it is to football and basketball right now. And and conducive might not even be. I mean, can't they just make Nikes and just toss the Jordan brand logo on? Why don't you guys just do that? I mean, isn't that isn't that what it is anyway? Aren't Aren't I just playing for that little paying for that little jump man on my sleeve? Uh, and and real quick, this is actually this this next text kind of hit me in my soul a little bit, and I don't know if it is, I don't know if it's me just getting older, or if it's. I don't know, maybe I've just been beaten down too many times. From the 918, bro, we get a lot of texts from the 918. Have you noticed that? We do. Love uh, you, you would love think, our listeners in the T-Town. You would think I did a show and lived in Tulsa for like 18 years. Appreciate you guys. Miss you. Even though it's like crazy different. And we're all still together today. Plank, I am shocked. You are so upbeat about that game it is almost like you are taking a texas over alabama moral victory in a game the raiders should have easily won unbelievable mcdaniels goes for two down one what an idiot i I know the a younger christopher plank who might have allowed himself to get caught up in preseason expectations Probably would not have had a good night or show based on the finish of that game last night. But I'm trying to be smarter about my fandom, Josh. I'm not trying to live and die on on what happens with my team. I'm not trying to put all my eggs in my sports basket. I have two, three, three kids. Right, trying to trying to be a little bit cooler and calmer. Though they did kind of nail it that you are th- there is a little bit of just happy to be here versus Kansas City. Mm. But Can- you you admitted as I much admit earlier that. this morning. Oh my gosh! Yes, you kidding me? So there is some Texas more there. Moral victories galore. I'll take it. Pa- dude, have you seen Patrick Mahomes' numbers against the Raiders? I've watched these games. I mean, last year, Josh Jacobs fumbled on the first play of the game. It was 7-0, and the game was over. So, yeah, maybe a little bit. But I'm, you know, I'm not letting it – I'm not letting it affect me too much. I'm not letting the fact that they had a 150-yard rusher, a 100-yard receiver, no turnovers, and less than two punts – or two punts or less and become the first team in NFL history to do all those things in a game but still lose. No, I'm not. <laughs> Why would you? Or or that they led seventeen to nothing. By the or way, or that they were up seventeen to zip. Not letting, not letting any of that. Man, it slides. It's early in the season too. I mean, one in four teams make the playoffs all the time. Yep, yep. Math looks good on that. <sighs> yeah, just trying to be a little bit smarter. 
Quick break. Oh, wait, hold on, hold on. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Bill. Bill, welcome to the show. What's going on, man? Wrap up hour number two for me. I've got a couple of things. Uh, do you think Brent's going to take back calling some of the defensive signals? I, I don't know that he doesn't. I mean, I'm just – do you have a defensive coordinator? And I'm pretty sure that, you know, they're – they're calling the plays, but I, I don't know that he doesn't already call a lot of them. I mean, I just don't know. Yeah, to anybody that's going over to the Brent Venables press conference that may or may not be listening to this conversation right now, that would be a good question be a to great ask question. today. Yeah. Who's calling the defensive plays? Because, I, Bill, here's just and, – and I don't necessarily – I understand what you're saying because I feel the same way. It's like just you're the you're a defensive coordinator, and that's where you've made your, your – hey, I know that eventually we'll be a um, – CEO, head coach, right? But let's just let them call the defense. But I also – I've noticed the one thing that's a little bit perplexing to me, and teams go tempo, and it can be challenging, but OUC's tempo every single day. I felt like maybe more so against Texas than even TCU. I felt like they were struggling to get the call defensively. And so maybe that might might result, Bill, in him just doing more from the field. I don't know. But it just felt as if they really kind of struggled with that tempo from from Texas and getting the call. Period. What about seeing a four man line? This 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 quest. What about seeing a four man line if you're not getting any pressure on the quarterback from oh, a three man line? You know what, yeah, Bill? That is a great question. And when we come back, tease in the business, kids. The very first question asked of Ted Roof yesterday. Was that? And we'll give you his answer next, right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. All right. The most asked question, probably defensively, is why don't we see more four man fronts, right? Why are we seeing so many three man rushes? Uh, in fact, it was the first question asked to Ted Roof yesterday. And here's what the Sooner defensive coordinator said about, wow, wow, wow. Well, we try to mix things up. And, uh, you know, you're right. After three weeks, we were, in, we were doing pretty well there. And uh, the production, you know, hasn't been what it was. Uh, the results haven't been what it was. But, uh, you know, so we're evaluating everything every week and, you know, looking under every rock, behind every door. Um, so we're evaluating a bunch of things right now. Uh, no, you don't try to do a bunch of different things. You try and do the same thing <laughs> that hasn't been working and proceed to give up 150 points three straight weeks. <sighs> what? I, I just... and, by the way, you're not looking under any suspicious rocks around here. I mean, it's a big boulder sitting out in front of the house. Just... Stop doing the three-man front. It's just not working. Um, I got more here from Coach Roof. They kind of went a little bit more in depth. Oh, we only got four. We don't have time. We only got a couple minutes. I'll, I'll have more next hour from Ted Roof. Uh, literally, dude, I, I know that last night it was a bad roughing the pass call. Really bad, right? Really bad. But oh my, I, I pulled up our sound bites. ESPN TV ref explaining the play. Troy Aikman on taking off dresses. Joe Buck explains sack on Derek Carr. Eight different. I'm like, like it was a bad, 
It was a bad call. Where's the uh, conversation on the Koontz holding? Right. Gosh, Malcolm Koontz. Malcolm Koontz is one of those guys, too, Josh, that everyone uh, in, in, like, the Raider Nation wants to see play more. And then that happens. Yeah, exactly. But he, He's on that perennial, why don't you give him a chance list, right? But we agree that was an egregious call. I thought, I, I mean, this isn't complaining about the officiating. This is fact. Arrowhead had the referee and the officials shook. I mean, they were shook. Um, and that's that's what everyone wants in their home field, right? I mean, those that one dude couldn't even talk whenever he was trying to call a personal or call a foul at one point. So I don't get too caught up in it. But yeah, it's it's big time, man. It it was big time game last night, and. You need everything to be big time in your league. And at least in that instance, your officials blew it. Terrible call on what would have been a sack fumble. Nice little makeup call on the missed field goal that led to a touchdown. And just, ah, I mean, that's just a bad crew. That's a bad crew. Yeah, they were not good last night. Top to bottom. And Chiefs got hosed. Raiders had a couple calls go against him. But to me... If I'm the NFL, I, I'm just going to continue to find ways to take as much advantage of the technology in front of me as I can. Well, and it's, and it's, by the way, the Devontae Adams thing, that wasn't a catch. So, I mean, people are like, oh, you say no, no, no. That, sorry. In the letter of the law, that's not a catch. And ultimately, does the NFL, I mean, especially in regular season games, do you almost kind of want some failures sure. with the officiating? It's such a generated storyline. All right, quick break. Uh, top five stories of the day as we count down to the BV Presser right here on The Ref.